0: Hello and welcome to Spall Talk, the only podcast where two siblings talk about the life and career of Timothy Spall. I'm Neil Jacoby, and I'm here with my brother Eric Jacoby. Hey, Eric. I think you might have a question for me. I do, in fact, have two questions.
1: My first question is thusly: What are we doing watching another goddamn Harry
0: Potter movie? That is I a think fair question. I made my opinion clear last time. That is a fair question. But since we were not able to get our Harry Potter Defender guest that time, I thought we might want to try getting a guest Harry Potter episode again.
1: Okay, I I guess that's acceptable. My follow-up
0: question is thus. Who is Timothy Spall? Timothy Spall, when asked about the roles that have made made him famous, was quoted as saying, what some people take to be losers, I consider be representative of normal life. Eric, I've got a question for you. Who is Timothy Spall? Timothy Spall in this particular film uh plays
1: a loser by the name of Peter Pettigrew. Uh, he's not a rat at all this time, so he's moving on up. Uh yeah. He's hardly in this movie, but he's the rat man. Skip it a bit. Yeah, paraboo. <laughs>
0: Uh, but Eric, man, I'm funny. don't you have a third question for me? I'm full of questions today, and my question to you is this:
1: Who is Cody Hendershot?
0: Cody, this is when you come in and introduce yourself. Oh, yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> I edit this out <laughs> yeah. later? This is where you say, "Hey,
2: <laughs> hey, hey." Maybe we should have made, Cody made that clear
1: earlier.
2: Yeah, we we should have made that clearer. My apologies. I'm I'm very sorry. Um. I'm Cody Hendershot. I will be graduating in December with my bachelor's in English, and I am a friend of Neil's.
1: That
0: is correct. Uh, is friend, a, friend of Neil's a you want me slang to say?
1: term for something that I don't understand? Yes, and I don't <laughs> have the time you like to explain it. Uh, yeah, sure. We'll go with that. It means you're an anime fan.
0: <sighs> uh, that too. I am an anime fan. All right, and given that i is that your entire intro i don't know what else should
2: i say i mean i might be going to japan in a bit i like japan i like anime uh, harry potter's
0: all right in my opinion i know you two aren't aren't that big of a fan um, uh, usually yeah. we have people like say like what you might know them for on the internet but maybe that's not apl- applicable in this situation no, I
2: don't really have anything going on on the internet. I had a very short-lived podcast. Uh, let's see. I was an editor for a, a website that I'd rather not uh, talk about. <laughs> um,
0: so, yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I'm, I'm sorry I'm such a loser, guys. I, I just wanted to make sure you'd gotten your int- uh, introduction over with so I could ask you the question we ask all of our guests here on Spall Talk. What is your favorite Carly Rae Jepsen song? Yes, and I'm so happy you asked this question.
2: I was disappointed uh, by the, the last guest. Who was it? John Hess? That's John name, Hess, right? yes. Yeah, he didn't really have an answer, but I have an answer. And my answer is the title track from Emotion, which is, of course, Emotion.
0: A fair answer. <laughs>
1: that's
2: a good one. Yeah, Wouldn't I call like it, it
1: best on the album, but, You know. <laughs>
2: well, you know, that's
0: fine, Eric. That's just like your opinion, man. I they mean, call me
1: opinion man.
0: as you would say about every song on Emotion Side B, ooh, it's a good one.
1: Yeah, I did
0: <laughs> famously on a drive
1: to Chicago to see a concert with my friend Mitchell, listen to the entirety of uh, Emotion Side B multiple times. After, at every song began like 15 minutes in, I went, Oh, this is a good one.
0: Wait, 15 <laughs> minutes into every song? 15, 15 seconds it Carly Ray Jepsen is a jam band now. <laughs> Carly Ray Jepson has gotten into post rock. God, I would love that. Oh, <laughs> uh, Carly Ray Jepson X uh, Godspeed You Black Emperor collab when? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That'd be dope. Please do. Alright, uh, since we've gotten that out of the way, uh, Cody, would you like to, uh, give us a summary of the film? Sure. Okay. have we mentioned the name of this film yet? It's Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, directed by Mike Newell and released in 2005. Mike Newell, the steam guy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Close. Very close. It might be his cousin. Alright, so, anyway... Uh The film opens up with Harry having a dream about some old guy going into a house. I think we're supposed to think that he's thinking, oh, some damn teenagers are in that abandoned house again. I'm going to have to go chase him out because he sees like a light on in a house outside of his house. This description is really bad uh, anyway. He goes into the house where he sees the light on, and lo and behold, uh in a room there's uh sort of uh not fully human Voldemort, which we don't really get to see, and then Peter Spaldemort. Pettigrew? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The the fine uh Timothy Spall. I,
1: I and, believe
0: Spaldemore uh, is the name of the ship between Peter Pettigrew and Voldemort.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would shoot that, fuck yeah.
2: <laughs> and then um I don't remember his character's name, but uh David Tennant.
1: Barty Crouch Jr.
2: There we go, yes. And um they say some stuff like David Tennant is like, I will serve you well and then uh they realize
1: that the old God. guy is at the
2: is this house of, with like them?
1: Godspeed you black I guess <laughs> <it works. laughs>
0: i i have to uh, say since we've mentioned barty crouch jr it is incredibly fucked up that barty crouch jr's father is also named barty crouch and not like bart crouch or something more uh suiting a like 60 year old man yeah he's a grown-up he should go by bartholomew at this point
1: Actually, wait, I think his full name is Bartimaeus. What the
0: <laughs> fuck? I'm not 100% on that one. I, that, that's somehow a dumber name than Blackagar Agar Boltagon. <laughs> Ow.
2: <laughs> um, and so they realize that uh, the old man is in the house with them, and Voldemort says something like
0: Bart-te-mius, Let's give our
2: guests
1: <laughs> B A R T E M I U S.
0: Wow. I don't think that's
1: pronounced Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus Crouch. <laughs> Rock me, Bartimaeus!
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Voldemort kills the old guy, uh, and then Harry wakes up, or we cut we cut to something
0: else. I, I believe he kills the old guy with the the cursed curse, the, the abracadabra curse.
2: Yeah, uh, Avada-Kadabra, or something Which like that. Which is abracadabra, but spooky. Right,
0: the spooky abracadabra. Dark abracadabra, show me. It's for when he really wants to reach out and grab you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, and then we're pretty much with Harry and the Weasleys on their way to the Quidditch World Cup. And the way they get there is through, I think the items are called port keys. Yeah. And the port key to get, to the Quidditch World Cup, at least for them, is this boot. And they all have to touch the boot, and then the boot uh, teleports them after a few seconds to the Quidditch World Cup. And everyone gets flung there and just like pretty much falls on the ground and seems uh, potentially injured, except for um, the Weasley father, and then uh, Robert Pattinson, who is also there. I forget it. Oh, wait. What's his name? Cedric Diggory. yeah, Cedric Diggory, and then also, his dad.
0: Also, since we've mentioned the boot, I would like to mention that the shot where the boot is introduced is this fucking Terence Malick esque tracking shot through this tall grass at sunset. That it it matches none of the rest of the film visually. Yeah, that was yeah, that was very weird for sure. Is the tall grass
1: at sunset part of Joseph Fink's a literary book name generator? <laughs>
2: <laughs> i
1: don't know if you saw that but he did something where he was like you know if any of you are writing very literary books i'm making a thread of randomly of like titles and it's all shit like that like
2: <laughs> um and yeah so like the weasley father and cedric and He's Cedric's so dad, <laughs> they like do this really funny-looking walking motion as they, like, come down from the sky and join everyone else on the ground.
0: Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) That that was so
2: dumb. It was very dumb, yeah. And they're all smiling, like, really happy and, like, probably laughing internally at everyone else for being too dumb to realize that you have to walk in the air in order to get through, okay, I don't know what's really going on. And then they all make their way to their respective tents. And this is where uh, Cedric and his group and the Weasleys go to their own tent. And it's so, like, I, I seriously laughed out loud at this part. Because Harry, even though we're, like, four years into his wizarding education, he still acts like he has absolutely no fucking idea what magic is. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> they get into oh, yeah. the tent. And, like, of course, on the outside it looks really small. But they get in and it's, like, gigantic. And he says something really stupid, like, "Wow, magic is so cool or <laughs> he said,
1: he just he just quietly goes, "I love magic." yeah, that's what it is
0: yeah <laughs> I love that sweet, sweet magic Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving it <laughs> and um...
1: God, I love magic <laughs>
2: Oh, that reminds me. Oh, okay. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. Hermione says something really stupid later. I, I'm gonna have to keep that in mind. Okay. So anyway, they're at the Quidditch World Cup and nothing happens. They skip over it entirely uh, and go back into the the tent where everyone is like really hyper. Uh, Ron has a hard on for. Um, uh, Victor Crum, right? That's his name. Yeah, mm-hmm. Victor Victor Klump. Klump. <laughs> <laughs> <Please, please, please. laughs> Who is this? Uh, potentially... Eddie Murphy as
0: Victor Klump.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he he plays for the Bulgarian team, I guess. But he Scandinavian. goes. He, yeah, he's from the Scandinavian school. But he totally acts, and everyone else acts like they're like Russian or Bulgarian, like just vaguely Eastern European, I guess.
1: Literally, it's very weird for J.K. Rowling. All of like mainland Europe is the same.
0: (laughs) 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 It's like how some writers treat Africa as a country.
1: Yeah, like
0: in Avengers two, when it was off the coast of Africa.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yes the coast of africa (laughs)
2: um let's see then we're oh yeah no 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 how could i forget uh everyone's all celebrating but then uh the weasley father goes outside and then like a minute later he comes back in and it's like we need to get out of here now and so they all leave the tent at which point uh we see that like shits going down, like things are on fire and blowing up, and everyone's like screaming and running around. And then <laughs> we get to see the 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 wizard KKK or magical KKK, if you will, in their black pointy hat attire. They look absolutely ridiculous, and they just kind of march through. And then literally
1: dressed like goth clansmen.
2: Yeah. <laughs> They even have like shitty looking skull masks on. It's really, it's really bad.
0: They, they Nathan, are the Los Ingobernables of magic. <laughs> if
1: Nathan and listened to the Cure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and if so, the Misfits, if the Misfits in Death and Death in June had a combo show.
2: Um, Harry gets separated from the rest of the group. Somehow, I think they all run away, and he just stands there and stares at everything like a fucking (laughs) dumbass.
1: Hey, uh, one more real quick. They're just the clan if you hit (laughs) (laughs) Control-I.
2: And, uh, somehow he gets knocked out, and then when he wakes up, everything is burned down, and it's nighttime, And as far as we can see, it's him who's still around, and then uh, David Tennant's character. Crap, I forgot his name again. Barty Uh, Crouch Jr. Barty Crouch Jr. Yeah, Jesus Christ. I'm just going to call him David Tennant. Um,
0: (laughs) Uh, The Doctor shows up with (laughs) a magic screwdriver. (laughs) The Doctor Who shows
1: up. (laughs) Mr. Doctor Who, as they call him on
0: the show. (laughs) <laughs> Dr. Ten. Dr. Um, Hoops. <laughs> Hoops, Steve. Um,
2: anyway, he, uh, yeah, so Harry and, and David Tennant are the only ones around. And David Tennant, like, I'm pretty sure he waves his wand in the air. And that's when, like, the skull and snake, like, cloud
0: formation shows up. Yeah, it's like this this shitty Aurora Borealis of a terrible tattoo.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and Harry sees it, and no one really knows what the hell's going on. And then right after that, like, we don't really see David Tennant anymore. But then, uh, Hermione and a few other people, I don't know if it's the entire, like, Weasley group or what, but they all, like, join Harry. They're like, we've been looking everywhere for you. And then, I don't know how... But they like all duck, or maybe it's just Harry at this point. I forget whether they get there before or after this circle of wizards, like all fire at each other (sighs) because they think that Harry is involved with like the destruction of the Quidditch World Cup or something.
0: And sadly, sadly, when he ducks, they don't all hit each other and uh, get blown back in a goofy manner. No, sadly, that would have been amazing if this, though. If this
1: was Buster Keaton's Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about the skull and snake logo is like their whole thing is like, what if Ed Hardy was genocidal? Oh
0: God. <laughs> Ed fucking Hardy
2: <laughs> oh. Jesus
0: Christ. Ed Hardy Crouch Jr. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, and then the Ministry of Magic gets, like, really up close and personal with Harry and is all in his face. And, uh, the Weasley dad has to be like, no, he's just a kid. He had nothing to do with this. And Harry tells them that, uh, he saw a guy and he didn't get a good look at his face and he went that way. <laughs> That's pretty much all he has to, <laughs> you to say. He went
0: that way, sir. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and... So the 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 head he was like wearing Minister a domino guy.
0: mask and carrying a big bag that said genocide. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Minister of Magic guys like, all right everyone follow me and they all follow him. And then we cut to uh, <laughs> we cut to um, Harry Hermione and Ron on their train as they always do when they go to Hogwarts. They're always on that damn train. And uh
1: the I like sweets how all their technology is stopped at like medieval times except trains. <laughs> Pretty like, much. We'll concede this one thing to the Industrial Revolution with everything else now. So they're on their train and the sweets lady comes
2: by asking if they want anything, and Ron gets some. I don't know if Armani does, and Harry's going to, but then he spots uh uh, Cho Chang,
1: Cho Chang, Cho
0: Chang, who we have yeah. mentioned on you this show it, as
1: yeah. like the one Asian character in Harry Potter. Cho Chang, <laughs> yes. If you uh, have... Unless you you include the two uh, Indian girls uh,
2: if... <laughs> that hit on Harry, well, sort of hit on Harry. They just kind of say hi, Harry, and smile
1: a, a couple times. If you have uh, six to eight minutes to spare, feel free to watch the YouTube video. Uh, every word spoken by a person of color in the Harry Potter movies. It's <laughs> <laughs> the entire Harry Potter series, and they only include words that are spoken by um, people of color. It's I will definitely short. check that out. I believe it.
2: <laughs> um. Yeah, and he just kind of forgets well i guess he doesn't forget that he wants candy he, he for no reason really changes his mind and they smile at each other and then he goes back into his train car and and,
0: and this is underscored by the painfully on the nose line anything sweet, sweet for, sweet you, for Har- you yes yes yeah. something sweet for you harry <laughs> yes yes oh man She
1: does not like subtlety. Speaking of, I just when we get further into the discussion, I want to talk about how this is like Chekhov's gun, the movie. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and then Hermione tells Harry that he needs to write a letter to Sirius Black, and I think it's about just about his dreams. I don't know if it was also about what happened at the Quidditch World Cup, but so uh, Harry writes a letter to Sirius Black. Black.
0: Dear Sirius Black, I never thought this would happen to me.
1: <laughs> um, Sirius, Sirius Black, I wrote you but you still ain't calling. <laughs>
0: oh, God.
1: <laughs> I'm not angry or nothing, I just think it's fucked up you don't answer your fans.
0: A letter to the Divine Feminine from the Wounded Masculine. <laughs> One day, my father took me into the city to see a marching band...
1: He said, Son, when
0: you grow up, will you be the savior of the broken, redeemer of the damned? Wow.
1: (laughs) So, anyway. Will you defeat them, the (laughs) demons, and all the non believers? I'm in my emo phase. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um.
2: Yeah, Harry writes that letter, attaches it to Hedwig, and then Hedwig flies away. And we never see her again, for the rest of the movie anyway. Did Um, we ever see the Angry (laughs) Inch, (laughs) though? Zing? And then, let's see, they're at Hogwarts, and... Crap, why can't I remember what happens at this point? Uh, are they automatically like in their like in uh gryffindor's like little dorm?
0: Uh probably uh we should probably speed things up so we can get to the actual discussion uh the triwizard cup. Uh yes. Okay. So um here's here's it's, the it's cool thing the about
1: tournament because
2: wizards have to try. <laughs> here's here's the cool thing about the triwizard tournament. Uh Rules are very important, but they also are not important at all.
0: Yeah, and, <laughs> we we get no grounding in what the rules of the tournament actually are. Yeah, like a few things are mentioned here
2: and there. No one under 17 is supposed to be allowed, but of course Harry gets in because... He's a very
1: special boy. It's his
2: story. Right, he's very special. And then you're not supposed to... Uh, be allowed to have your broom, but, I mean, Harry ends up using his broom anyway.
1: Well, that's the thing, so, you're not allowed to use, uh, you're not allowed to have anything with you but a wand. But with your wand, you know, you can call things to you. <laughs> and right. somehow that isn't against the rules. Right. It's like if you're not allowed to bring, like, you know, you're not allowed to bring sharp objects or, like, firearms to a concert. But it's like if you're allowed to bring a really long string that was connected. (laughs) 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 And he just pulled it in after you. That's essentially what he did. (laughs) More or less, yeah. Uh,
2: And so they bring the Ministry of Magic in because of all the shit that went down at the uh, Quidditch World Cup. To say, hey, no one under seventeen allowed in this tournament, and then uh, Harry's name gets placed in the the Goblet of Fire, and he uh, uh, takes takes part or uh, participates in the tournament as the fourth participant, the second one from Hogwarts,
0: alongside Cedric. <clears throat> and yeah, then, because um, because he is placed under a magical contract by this this cup, even though he's a minor and like. What is the magical age of cons- consent here? What, what I definitely
1: the- want to hear. I really wish this movie had gone into depth about magical contract law. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing this movie, this fucking two and a half hour movie needs is just more fucking garbage about the world, more world building that doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> And then uh
2: Harry finds out from Hagrid, well, sort of from Ron, but Ron tells Harry through Hermione that Hagrid wants to see him. Because Ron and Harry not on aren't
1: speaking talking. Because Ron is the dumbest motherfucker on the planet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And then, so, Harry meets up with Hagrid, and Hagrid tells him to put on his invisibility cloak, which he does because Hagrid doesn't want... Uh, the tall lady who's the headmaster or well, tall French lady who's the headmaster of the all-female French school to know that Harry's there even though well, they when they get to their destination which is uh, uh, an area where they have these three drag or four dragons in cages Harry just takes off the invisibility cloak anyway and starts talking and she's still right there so I don't know what the hell what the point of that was but yeah, the whole, the whole thing was that uh, Hag- Hagrid wanted to warn Harry that the first trial uh, was dragons. You have to, you know, fight a dragon, I guess.
1: Couldn't have just been like, hey, tell those dragons. Be careful. <laughs> no. <laughs> no one can use their words.
0: No. And, and so, it's even more fucked up that they can't use their words because their entire system of magic is based around words.
1: Word. <laughs>
2: Um, and so Harry, at this point, is hated by like almost everyone in the school just because they think he cheated to get his name in the goblet. And I mean, I don't know why that's such a big deal to everyone, but it is. and I he goes genuinely, and
1: he, I genuinely don't understand why they didn't just pick another name.
0: Yeah, like yeah. Harry Potter is ineligible. Let's pick another guy. Yeah, I mean they already had a guy. They had
2: Cedric, so they didn't even. I mean yeah. they didn't even need him. I don't know. So he goes and tells Cedric, since they're both Hogwarts boys, I guess. Hogwarts
1: boys. Uh, <laughs> Hog boys. Yes. <laughs> that uh, the why first you trial. Why should call the Triwizard Tournament if there's four wizards? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's suppo- it's supposed to only be three. So Harry why Moses... they pull four names? <laughs>
2: Well, the, <laughs> well, no, here's the thing. They pulled their third and final name, which was Cedric, and then they were going to move on, and then the goblet started freaking out and just spit out a fourth
1: name. <laughs> wow. so why weren't they just like, well, this wasn't pulled, this just showed up, this so that's weird, let's just throw this piece of paper away.
0: I, I guess you know, that has to do with the, the, the vagaries roles, of magic contract law.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: This fucking Kafkaesque universe... Features,
1: it's fucking it the been... trial but for wizards. <laughs> uh. um so
2: yeah, he goes and tells Cedric about the dragons and Cedric's like, "Hey Harry, I, I told them not to wear the, the buttons." Oh yeah, everyone's wearing buttons that uh Reed, like Harry stinks,
0: I think. Like that's as bad as as it is. Yeah, like, Harry, like Harry like...
1: Potter, I wish he would die.
0: They're like special, <laughs> they're like special magic gift buttons. Right.
2: Because they normally have like a like a positive message, and then whenever Harry walks by, they turn into Harry Stinks. And Cedric tells Harry, I told them not to wear them, and Harry's like, I don't give a shit. And then he walks away. He's like, whatever, and... haters
1: are my motivators, personally. <laughs> <laughs> and he runs into
2: Ron,
0: and they're they don't still not see on speaking terms. They don't see me on the quad, I don't see them at the bank. Great guts. <laughs>
2: And uh, they say some stuff, and Harry's just like, well, I don't want you to be around me. And Ron's like, okay, and then they walk away from each other. And uh, then Harry goes and has a talk with uh, Mad-Eye Moody, and Moody basically more or less tells him he needs to cheat in order to, to win. He's like, yeah, you can't have your broom with you, but you can have your wand, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And Harry's like, Oh yeah. And so the the first round starts, they all like pick their dragons by picking
0: like miniature dragons out of a bag. Oh Mad yeah, I Adam. Moody, I got twenty dollars, but I wanted a peanut. Twenty dollars can buy many peanuts, Harry. I don't Explain understand. How. Money can be traded for goods and services. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um and so Harry gets seemingly uh, the worst dragon, or, like, the most badass dragon. to The, show.
0: the, the Hungarian horny tail. <laughs>
2: right. And they just skip over everyone else's uh, uh, fights with their dragons and just go straight to Harry and his fight. And he walks out. And stands there for at least 30 seconds, just looking around. And then he sees, uh, the golden egg in the arena and he starts walking toward it very casually. And then out of Pick nowhere, up the egg,
1: huh? easy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't understand why they made it such a big buzz. Is it heavy? Maybe just got to act <laughs> casual. The dragon won't even notice <laughs> the
2: dragon like tries to kill him with its tail and knocks him around a bit. Uh, and then eventually he remembers that he has his wand, and he says whatever magic words he has to say to call his broom to him. And about ten yeah, seconds later, broom,
1: broom, broom. Um, <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> the broom comes. No he jumps on it and he, to start. He, he, he flies away. And this is another like really f- like fucking stupid but hilarious moment. Like the dragon, as if he weren't attached to any chain at all, breaks his chains as if, like, they were made of, like, cooked spaghetti. Like, he's got this chain around his neck so that he can't fly out of the arena. But as soon as Harry flies away, he immediately breaks it as if it wasn't there at all and just chases him. And so he chases him around for a while. Nothing really happens. They... I mean, they do a really uh, shitty job of kind of making you think that, oh no, Harry might be dead, but no, he's not dead. And he flies back into the arena and grabs the egg. And then we cut to him in his, like, I don't know, winner's tent, I guess. And he's on top of uh the Weasley twins' shoulders. And uh this is where my spelling moment comes in. Because... Uh, <clears throat> As, as I,
0: That that comes after the summary.
2: Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. I'll I'll not say anything, then. No, actually, i um, really know, fuck myself. Jeez, bro, <laughs> even...
1: um, Harry's like, who wants me to open it? And they're like, yeah, open it. <laughs> that was probably one of the dumbest things in it when he's like, who wants you to open this egg? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, I can't hear you. Like, he's pissed. He's like, like, can I get a hell yeah? Who wants me to open this? How's Gryffindor so doing tonight? The game. We love you, yep. Hogwarts. It's always great to be back in town. We know you guys like to rock. I'm gonna the show a all and... these
0: sweat hogs in the Gryffindor common room what a real man looks like. It's just the movie
1: Rockstar, but starring Harry Potter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, And it lets out this terrible screeching noise and everyone has to cover their ears and Harry immediately closes it back up so it it can shut the hell up and um, then there's more like BS in between stuff before we get to like the second round and I think this is when everyone is informed that there's gonna be a dance
0: yeah yeah this this Christmas dance that didn't come up in the last movie even though it covered the same like part of the year well, no, the Yule
1: Ball is like specifically with the Triwizard tournament.
0: Ah, oh, which I right, also yes. thought
1: was every year, but I guess that's not the case.
2: Well, I think it might be every year but a different school is picked every year. Like Dumbledore says uh toward the beginning when everyone's in like the the main hall that Hogwarts was picked that year to Yeah, host
0: it it's three. like the Olympics only not every country gets to go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> only 3 Olympics um and so mcgonagall is teaching all the hog boys and girls about (laughs) about, uh about dancing because i guess no one knows how to dance and she gets uh ron weasley to come up and dance with her and this is uh kind of a, a funny moment i thought it was funny even though it's really not that funny um She's like, all right, now put your hand on my waist, and Ron's like, where? What? <laughs> on
0: my whoa, waist. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> what? Put your hand. Put your hand upon my hip. When I dip, you dip, he dip. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and so they dance a bit and show everyone. You know that's what dancing looks like. Um, and then. I think it's, it kind of cuts to a little bit of a, a montage where Harry and Ron are trying to find dates to the dance and they're not doing very well. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, let's see. It gets to the point where they're at the dance. Harry is going with, uh, one of two Indian twins and Ron's going with the other one. I think just because he couldn't find anyone, like he, he was going to ask out, uh, I think the main like the the French woman uh champion like that girl and it, according to everyone who was there uh, at the time he ended up screaming at her <laughs> and and then, and then he ran away and then yeah he was very upset about it wow <laughs> so he ends up going with uh the other girl the girl that Harry doesn't go with cuz that's just who Ron is in this entire story um and they go to the dance, and lo and behold, Hermione, despite Ron and Harry thinking she didn't have a date, uh, is at the dance with the badass uh, pseudo Russian but actually Russian guy, the Professor the... Plum. <laughs> yeah, with uh, with Victor Clump.
1: Victor Clump. Um... <laughs>
0: The, the Bulgarian champ, Virgil, Texas. And I gotta
2: be honest, it's kind of weird, because they make jokes about uh, Victor Crumb, like, wanting to have sex with Hermione. But, like, he's, like, at least 17 years old, and she Yeah, that's, that's fucked up. Yeah, and it's kind of weird. But, uh, so yeah, that all happens. <clears throat> and then eventually Cedric, and this is after the dance, Cedric tells Harry... Uh, that he should take his egg and go take a bath at this very specific bath. Uh, and that's pretty much all he tells him. And so Harry goes and does that.
0: Yeah, and yeah. He's... Harry, Harry, go to the Gryffindor bathhouse.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know what I heard is a nice place for a bath. Iraq. Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be here all week, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Typical waitresses.
0: But anyway, splish splash, Harry's taking a bath, and he gets harassed by a ghost.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Owning Myrtle, And it's very weird, because
2: he's naked, and she's, like, you know, being really creepy and stuff. And she's and-
1: talking in, like, a baby voice, and she's like, Oh, Harry Potter, you're sexy. You know? That's just,
2: like, her voice all the time, though. It's always, like, Sweet. super high pitch.
0: And, Notices yeah, your just, bulge. Ooh, what's that? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and she tells him
2: what Cedric didn't tell him for absolutely no reason, uh, which is that he has to open up the egg underwater. And then he does it, and he hears a bit of a riddle, and then we cut to uh, Ron, Hermione, and Harry in the library, and they're talking about the riddle. And they figured out that uh, the next trial, um, he's basically going to have to be underwater for an hour. So they have to figure out how he's going to do that without being able to breathe underwater. And uh, Moody comes along and shoes off uh, Hermione and Ron, and then tells Longbottom to help Harry put his books away. And Longbottom uh, talks about plants and Harry basically says, I don't give a shit about plants. And then, <laughs> And then like, long bottom. You, Neville, I hate you.
0: <laughs> unless there's a plant that lets me breathe underwater, I don't give a damn. Well, Harry, there actually is a plant that lets you breathe underwater. Neville,
1: yeah. honestly, unless you're talking about some good kush, I'm not interested <laughs> in trying something like this. So
2: yeah, uh, Neville, using I got loaned, Harry. <laughs> Uh, puts together some shit that Harry eats, and uh, when he eats it, he jumps into the water and he grows gills, and webbing between
0: his fingers and his feet turn into fins. Or yeah, it's, it's this weird transformation fetish thing that I, I am just not... It was just gross. He becomes an anamorph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
2: And then for no reason, uh, instead of, like, getting on his task and, like, doing what he's supposed to do, he, uh, does, he jumps out of the water and does a flip
0: like a dolphin
2: or something and then goes (laughs) back down, and everyone cheers.
0: Real free Harry moment.
2: (laughs) And then we get a a short scene that, like, I remember when I first saw this when I was a kid, I thought, uh, the French champion died here, because, like, we see her swimming and then like i think we're supposed to supposed to assume that like mermaids are in the water and like we get a a, a small glimpse of a mermaid like swimming by her and the next thing we see she gets like dragged down and when she's just you know at, uh you know out of the scene she's just dragged down um and then we cut to harry harry gets to where uh several people's friends are being kept underwater i guess they're just unconscious and they've got something tied around each one uh, one of their ankles yeah and we've got ron down there we've got harmione we've got uh the one token asian chick um, cho chang is her name cho cho chang yes and then we've got um because this movie is extremely not racist of course not racist at all um I think just one of the girls from the French school and Harry frees Ron and then he wants to free Hermione. But then all the mermaids that are around tell him, no, only one. And he's like, but Hermione's my friend, too. And then Cedric comes out of the blue and uses his wand to free Cho Chang and then taps at his watch, I think, to remind Harry that, you know, time's uh, running out. They need to hurry up. And so he goes to the service with Cho Chang. And Harry, it's astounding. Time is fleeting.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Harry's just kind of sitting there because he doesn't want to just leave Hermione. And he also doesn't want to leave uh, the, the French girl. And then uh, Victor comes out of nowhere, almost kills Harry just to uh, grab Hermione with his shark mouth. That's right. Victor is a shark or half shark <laughs> right now.
1: Everybody's and, a goddamn anamorph in this movie.
2: <laughs> yeah. And uh, so he he grabs Hermione, and then uh, Harry realizes that uh, the French champion isn't going to be coming around anytime soon. And so he's like, well, I should probably save the French chick that's down here. So he goes and unties her. And for some reason, the mermaids don't really do anything about that until... Harry is almost to the surface and then they all start, you know, grabbing at at his feet and stuff, and trying to keep him from getting to the surface. So he lets go of Ron and the French girl and they float to the surface and everyone cheers, even though Harry's not there. And uh, eventually Harry gets away. And yeah, eventually Harry
0: there. remembers that, oh, I've got my wand and I can do a spell that lets me float up to the top. Yeah, actually, it like shoots him up to the top. And I don't know why he didn't
2: use that when he had them both in his arms, but no, whatever.
1: <sighs> He's kind of a dumb guy, it's worth noting.
2: <laughs> yeah, he, he is not that bright. And then we get to, I don't know if anything of importance happens between now and the third trial. Does anything really happen? Not really. Uh-huh. Okay. So we get to the third trial, and this is where the three champions... uh Oh yeah, and here's all right. Here's here's something I, I'd like to to talk about a bit. Like Harry gets second place in the second trial because he saved two people when he could have only saved one, so he gets second place for moral fiber, even though he's yeah. the last one to. But like that doesn't seem to mean anything because they go to the second trial. I mean the the last trial, the third one, and like. I mean, he doesn't have any kind of advantage for being sec- second. Cedric
0: doesn't seem to have any kind of advantage for being first. I, there's like, they actually say that they're like tied for first, which is why they get to go in at the same time. Ah, okay. Huh. So yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know. So anyway. And the only disadvantage is you have to enter the hedge maze, like, after the other people. Right. Hmm. And that, they don't even convey that very well, at least. Not
2: from what I remember, because, like, the cannon is shot, and then it seems like everyone just, like, walks in at the same time. Am I wrong?
0: I Not a lot of these rules are conveyed very
2: well. Yeah. So, anyway, they're all in the hedge maze now. The point is to get to the Goblet of Fire—well, no, not not the Goblet of Fire, the, the wizard Cup first. And the thing about the maze, I guess, is that, according to Dumbledore, quote, like, people change in the maze— and that's pretty much all, all he says, uh, to, to warn the kids before they go in. And, uh, indeed people do change. Um, the French girl, um, gets very, very scared and rightfully so because, um,
0: because Victor it's, um, it's a, it's a maze that contracts at will. So there's pretty good reason to be afraid. <laughs>
2: yeah. Not only that, but she's being
0: chased by Victor
2: Crumb. Who Harry says that like, he's just bewitched, but you said earlier, I think it was before the show, uh, that his mind was being controlled. Is that
0: actually I, confirmed that his mind was controlled? I don't think so, but I I took it as being like they they mentioned the what is it the Imperium curse? Imperium. Yeah. Yeah, and that would make
2: sense, too, because after he hunts down, and I don't know, it doesn't really show what he does to the French champion, but he does something
0: to or knocks her out at the very least. Uh, yeah, you he does don't come really, across Harry. You don't really get to see a lot in this hedge maze because it's dark as hell. Yeah, right. this
1: entire movie is extremely dark, just on like a visual standpoint. Like, I had to... In, in order to actually see what was happening on the screen, I had to... Uh, drop, turn my brightness all the way up and close my blinds. <laughs> yeah,
2: it is it is visually dark, yes. Um Yeah, uh, Victor comes across Harry, but he doesn't do anything to him, so I guess it would make sense that his mind is being controlled because they, uh, Voldemort and them want Harry. Anyway, we'll get to that later. Um, he comes across Harry, points his wand at him, doesn't really do anything, runs away. And then Harry eventually runs into Cedric and Victor and they're, um, they're like shooting spells at each other and Cedric hits, uh, Victor and knocks him out. And then, uh, Harry and Cedric see the cup and they start running toward it. And Cedric gets uh, tripped up and then entangled in these vines that are just, uh, animated. And Harry is ahead of him, and then Cedric's yelling for him, and he stops, and he looks at the cup, and he looks at Cedric, and he looks at the cup, and he looks back at Cedric, and Cedric's begging him to come and help him. And they do this weird thing that reminded me of uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, Return of the King, when um, Frodo is about to throw the, the ring, well, not really throw the ring, I guess, because he kind of changes his mind. Uh, into, uh, the, the fires of, uh, Mordor. And, uh, and he has this like look in his eye where you can tell like he's, he just completely changed his mind. Like the, the ring has totally gotten to him. And Harry has the same exact look in his eye. And I really thought like the first time I saw this, Harry was just basically going to flip off <laughs> Cedric and, and just run right to the cup. But no, he, he, you know, he's, a, he's a good guy. So he goes and he saves Cedric. And then they both run to the cup, and Cedric's like, "You touch it, you saved me." He's like, "No, we got to do it at the same time." So they they grab the cup at the same time, and lo and behold, the cup uh, turns out to be uh, another port key, and they're teleported to a graveyard uh, where um, Thomas Riddle, who is Voldemort, was supposedly buried. At least that's where his headstone is. And um, <clears throat> then we finally get. Uh, other than the little bit at the very beginning of the movie, we finally get to see Timothy Spall. He comes out in all of his glory, and uh, he kills. All of his glory. <laughs> he kills yeah, Cedric.
0: Yeah, and like he's carrying a little baby Voldemort.
2: He is, and he looks
0: very
1: Man. weird.
2: <laughs> um, kills Cedric, and then uh, gets Harry into this position where. A headstone or gravestone, what have you, uh, puts its arms around Harry and entraps him uh, and snares I just him. I want a
1: gravestone that can hug me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then this ritual is started to give Voldemort human form. Basically, they take a bone that I guess was Voldemort's dad's bone and throw it into this <laughs> pot that Voldemort's been thrown in. And then, uh, uh Peter Pettigrew cuts off his hand into this pot, and then they cut Harry's arm for some blood and flick Harry's blood into the pot. And then Voldemort...
0: You got a Voldemort is- gumbo there! That's what you got?
1: <laughs> you just take Voldemort's dad's bones and Harry Potter blood... Uh, onions, tomatoes, uh, green pepper. You put that in a crock pot, set it on high till it boils and set it on low. Leave it for about six hours. You got a Voldemort stew. It's delicious. Take it to a carrion or like a potluck.
0: You know. Uh, you, you, put that in some V8, you got a Voldemort chili. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: then, uh, Ralph Fiennes finally, uh, makes his, uh, first on-screen appearance as Voldemort. And then he has a little bit of a back and forth, uh, and then they're like shooting their, their wizard stuff <laughs> at each other. Just wizard I, I could not have phrased that any better. Oh. Uh, I- and, and like, are, they um, end up
0: doing, like, this this magic tug-of-war where it's literally, like, something out of a video game. They got these two bars that are going against each other, and Harry has to button mash to get his over to Voldemort. You know Pretty much. Think,
1: you know what I think is a magic tug-of-war?
0: Carly Rae first album,
1: Tug-of-War.
0: That was magical <laughs> to me. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Harry wins the tug of war thanks to some forced ghosts.
2: Yeah, ghosts. and uh, the ghosts give him just enough time to get over to Cedric's corpse and uh, do some magic on the cup so that it flies to them and then he teleports him and Cedric's corpse back to Hogwarts where everyone starts cheering and Harry is, like, freaking the fuck out about <laughs> Cedric being dead. And then after, like, 15 or 20 seconds, everyone starts to realize, oh shit, we've got a dead kid over here. <laughs> and and so they go and uh, Dumbledore calms Harry down and Moody uh, kind of sneaks Harry away and into his uh, office, I guess you could say, and locks the door behind him and then starts talking to Harry and asking Harry how it felt to be in the presence of the Dark Lord. And, uh, then he mentions something about a graveyard, and Harry's like, Hey, I didn't say anything about a graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Moody's saying some stuff, and then, uh, it's kind of slowly, even though it, it kind of happens in, in, in just a couple seconds, slowly changing into who he really is. Uh, and right before he does something to Harry. I, oh, yeah, right before he kills him. Uh, Dumbledore says some stuff right outside of the, his room and blows in his office door and knocks Moody down. And then Dumbledore, Snape, and McGonagall run into his office and they all have their wands pointed at Moody and they're all talking about stuff. And then Snape uh, uh, gives Moody, like, truth serum, essentially. And they start asking moody questions and he's like, are you really moody? And he says, no, I'm not moody. And then he asks him if he's in the room and he nods to, uh, his chest that's been in his room this entire time. And it kind of, it kind of, um, moved and made a noise earlier in the movie indicating that something was in there. <laughs> and, uh, so they open up the chest and like, it's like those Russian dolls. I forget mm-hmm. what, they, what they're actually called, but, like, it's got a chest within a chest within a chest within a chest, and they all just, like, open up, and maybe then... They <laughs> strike <of> a <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> then uh, the three professors um, peer in, or maybe it's just a couple of them, because I think one of them probably has to stay with Moody, but they, they, they look into uh, the chest and they see the real Moody, like, way, way <laughs> down... Like, he looks like he's at the bottom of, like, a
0: hundred-foot well, essentially. I'm, more than... yeah, I'm the real Moody, all your other mad at suggests. <laughs> i uh, more than the Russian nesting dolls, but this reminded me of, um... Have either of you seen the last season of Nathan for You? Russian nesting dolls? Are you talking There's... about season three, or the one that's currently on TV? Season three. Uh, there was okay. this one episode where he, like, went to a hotel and was like, hey... Why don't we give people something to put their kid in so that yes. they can have sex without the kid hearing it? It's like this big chest <laughs> that's made to look like it's—it's it's like a big like crate that's made to look like a spaceship. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what it, that's what God this damn. chest reminded me of. <laughs> well, I need to
2: watch for you again. Oh, that's it's so good fucking good! It is the best show ever fucking made. <laughs> So Moody is okay. He's just down there. At, you know, from, from a distance, I thought he was naked, but then we zoom in and he's wearing like, I don't know, white pajamas, I guess you could say. Uh, and then the other guy, the fake Moody, he turns into, lo and behold, uh, David Tennant, uh, and they're, they're, I don't know, saying stuff to him, and he's like, "Voldemort's gonna win." Essentially, along something going to
0: make Hogwarts great again. Free speech.
1: <laughs> Facts yeah. don't care about your feelings.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing a diaper. <laughs> he, he was and just then... a representative for turning, Port, turning point Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> And then we cut to... Uh, what, like all Dumbledore? Triggered year... because I invaded your safe space?
2: <laughs> the the year is, is over, and Harry's in his room, and Dumbledore comes in and talks to him, and uh, it's, it's another really stupid but hilarious moment. Because Dumbledore, for the fourth fucking year in a row, <laughs> apologizes to Harry for putting him in danger. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Harry just... Uh, is asking him questions. He completely brushes off the fact that uh, Dumbledore apologized for putting him in danger.
1: Yeah, and Dumbledore also like it's also like explicitly made clear that people have died before in the Triwizard Tournament. Yeah, they have no problem with children dying at the uh, yeah, tournament. it just happens sometimes. I mean, it's a tragedy, but he knew what he signed up for.
2: and so they have a conversation and then it cuts to ron hermione and harry walking uh, down the hallway and hermione's like uh you guys are gonna write to me over the summer right and ron's like oh no you know i won't and Hermione's like well harry will right?" and harry sarcastically says yeah once a week and then that's pretty much how the movie ends
0: yeah, another, we see- like, weird ending, just like the one at the end of Prisoner of Azkaban, where he just flies into the camera and they iris in on his face. Yeah. I mean,
2: all right, so we, we get at the very end uh, the boat that had the the Scandinavian Russian people on it, and they it turns into a submarine, or it just is a submarine, and it goes underwater. And then uh the French people in their uh carriage they fly away. And
0: that's All right, that so, so essentially what for...
1: their what their boat does is if you've seen the movie Pirates of the Caribbean, it's what Jack Sparrow's boat does, but
0: in reverse. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's that's what their boat does. All right, so uh, let's move on to our A Spalling Moments and Spall Wonders. Uh, Cody, would you like to start us off? Uh, which one do I start with? The A Spalling Moment or
2: Spall Wonders?
0: I'm thinking we start with the Spalling Moments and end with Spall Wonders.
2: Okay, so my A Spalling Moment, as I almost accidentally spoiled earlier, and Neil was quick to correct me, um, is when uh, Harry has just won the first uh, trial, and he's on the Weasley twin shoulders and they have like this little, I guess it's not really a rhyme, but just like a little uh, song. I don't know. And uh, hold on. I got to I got to pull it up on my phone here and read it really quickly. Just a second. OK, so this is more or less in unison. They say uh, we knew you wouldn't die, Harry, lose a leg or an arm, pack it in altogether. Never. And that's it. And it's really bad, and they don't, and no, no one even uh, pays any attention to them because immediately it goes to I think Harry just shouting, "Who wants me to open the egg?" And, you know, <laughs> but I, I, I. You're just ready to fucking rock
1: and roll, Tampa Bay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yeah, and then all right, now do I go into my.
0: Uh, I was thinking we'd go around and each do our spalling moment, then go around and each do our spall wonder. Okay, alright, well that's my spalling moment.
1: My a spalling moment. And this was a tough one, because there were two that were like really uh, unfortunate for me. But the one that I'm going to end up going with is um, the scene in their Defense Against mm. the Dark Arts mm. class taught by either Mad-Eye Moody or Barty Crouch Jr., depending on when you think that switch took place. Um, But he's talking about the three unforgivable curses, which are, you know, the Imperius Curse, where you can control somebody, the Cruciatus Curse, which is where you torture somebody, and the Killing Curse, which is what it sounds like. And so he pulls this little tiny spider out of a jar, and then he's like... You know, this is the imperious curse. I can control where this spider goes. I can put it on your face. I can put it on your face. I can make it dance around. And everyone's laughing and clapping. And then he's like, oh, what should I have the spider do now?
0: You get a spider. You get a spider. (laughs) Everybody gets a spider.
1: (laughs) He's like, what should I have the spider do now? Jump out a window, drown itself. And then everyone's like, oh, we get why this curse is bad now. He's like, Yeah, that's that curse. Then the torture curse. And then he just tortures this bug, like which from an education standpoint, not necessary. Could have just been like the torture curse tortures people.
0: Torture's and then he's
1: bad. like and then there's the killing curse and then he kills it. He's like, There you go. Class dismissed. <laughs> I've just traumatized the hell out of Neville Longbottom. <laughs> and he like specifically Took Neville Longbottom forward to watch him torture this spider, um, and I guess from a narrative standpoint, this might be like good because we know it's actually Barty Crouch Jr. and Barty Crouch Jr. We find out later tortured Neville's parents to death, so that's just like him being pointlessly cruel. Um, but and so I get narratively why
0: it's there, but it's just unpleasant. All right. Uh My uh, spalling moment is not as, uh, tortury, but it is pretty torturous at uh, the dance. This
1: whole movie is pretty tortury, I gotta
0: say. Am <laughs> I right? Am I right? Sorry, oh, okay. who made this? <laughs> oh, God, you did it before I could get to it. Uh, but, uh, at the dance, this, this, uh, enchantment under the snow dance or whatever... They, they bring in a, a special band, because they can't just get a band of normal people. They gotta bring in a special wizard band. And folks, this special wizard band is... It's bad. And I do mean bad. It's like... I do bad. I imagine the Misfits, if they were even nerdier... And like had Ian Curtis at the helm, it's just this guy singing about all the monsters at the dance. In this, in did the monster mash. It's it's like if the monster mash wasn't as good, it was like uh, you you got to dance like a hippogriff, and it, it's just I on a musical level, I don't get why you'd bring these bring this band for a school dance Literally and have the them worst play. Part. And have really to the play the fucking part. spooky joy division.
1: Yeah, it's awful because he legitimately goes, um put your hands in the air like an ogre who doesn't care. God. Like it's not that it doesn't have anything to do with being an ogre. You're just doing that that lazy hands in the air rhyme. <sighs> it's awful. It's garbage. It it's it's so bad. As usual, you watched this movie way before me, and you were texting me about it. And you were like, hey, my, for my spalling moment, I called dibs on this awful band. So I was like, it must be pretty bad. I was not prepared for how bad it was. It was a really <laughs> bad
0: band. All right, let's uh, go around with our spall wonders. Cody, would you like to start? All right. So for my spall
2: wonder... Uh, I'm going with... Uh, this is kind of early on in the movie. Ron, like the rest of the school pretty much, thinks that Harry cheated to get his name in the Goblet of Fire in order to participate in the tournament. And so, you know, they're feuding. And they're in their dorm room. And Harry's trying to talk to Ron and tell him, No, I don't want eternal glory. I didn't do this. I don't know what's going on. And Ron doesn't believe him. And so Harry is pretty much in his bed, under the covers. And Ron... Turns over in his bed, looks at Harry, and says, Piss off. <sighs> and, <laughs> and it's just, it's so unintentionally hilarious.
1: He's a right tosser, that Harry Potter. <laughs> my, I wouldn't give him a Jimmy Choff if he, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I <was trying laughs> to Some uh, bangers and mash.
0: I don't know what the hell British people are talking about. It's all a mystery to me. (laughs) Oh, we got these fucking Polish plumbers coming into Hogwarts. I'm rot round up. You're rot round up, then. Yes, I'm rot round up. (laughs) Uh, Eric
1: and yours. My spallest of spall wonders is uh, the good old Weasley twins. Uh... Just because I like the trope of, like, two goofy twins who get into mischief, and that's who they are. There's two of them, goofy, mischief. What more could you want? All right. Uh, Yeah, sorry, I had to really reach for that because I did not like this
0: movie. I, I had a similar problem where I was keeping notes during the movie and just a spalling moment stacked up on a spalling moment. Although there were some spall wonders tossed in there. But, uh... You know, order to find a moment am i right am i right this guy knows what i'm talking about i'm actually going to change mine from what i was going to do it to uh another one of the dance uh to pair with my uh, spalling moment uh after harry and ron and hermione have gotten into a big argument about you know who wanted to go to the dance with who and you know whatever they cut back to the dance and Hagrid is having a little dance with uh, his his <laughs> crush, the headmistress of the French school, and it's it's a sweet moment, and I found it charming. Well, it's also kind of funny, right? Because uh, his hand
2: uh, slides down on her ass. And right, right, rats, yes, episode. yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think we should uh, open up this fucking pit discussion with... Uh... <laughs> Timothy Spall himself in his limited role. Yeah, he was. This is definitely one of the
1: spallest roles that he's had. <laughs> uh, I just okay. I, it's still more than Quadrophenia, but just barely. Um, I think not including like the repeated
2: uh, uh, opening scenes, like every time they went back to it. I think he really only had, like, what, five minutes of, of screen time? Less than. That.
0: I, yeah. He's definitely there for that big confrontation between Harry and uh, Voldemort, but he's always just on the periphery, and he might not... He he's, It's like a 70-20 thing, 70-30, that, that he won't be in a shot. Yeah. 70-30 is my favorite ESPN series.
1: Hey, guys. I don't know if you've ever considered this, but what if the real Voldemort is our freaking president? Am I right, ladies and gentlemen? More like Trump Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? But
0: yeah, like most of Timothy Spall's role... Am I right?
1: Am I right? Am I right? This guy knows what I'm talking Am I right? Am I right? Y'all, am I right?
0: <laughs> I, most of Timothy's falls. Right. Scr- <laughs> 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 most of <I> Timothy's. <laughs> right. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> most of Timothy's fall's role here is just carrying around the little Voldemort puppet, and like once <laughs> yeah. Voldemort is actually a human again, he just sort of fucks off.
1: Yeah, well, well Voldemort does give him
2: I a, a metal hand to replace one he put off, and then he
0: fucks <laughs> off. Right. And uh in in terms of his actual performance, it's better than the one in Prisoner of Azkaban because he's not trying to be a rat all the time. Oh, for sure. But it's it's still very mediocre. Yeah. So good, good thing to say about this whole movie, honestly. <laughs>
1: yeah. The thing that I really didn't like about this movie is how like there's a lot of child endangerment in Harry Potter that goes unnoticed. Yeah. It's like normalized. Like that's just, this is how they roll. They're just used to violence. One of the, one of the things that I uh,
2: was on my list of, um, Spall wonders that I didn't mention, uh, cause after I thought about it, I was like, well, it's normal. So it's really not that big of a deal. But like toward the beginning of the movie, when like the other two schools are, uh, arriving at Hol- Hogwarts, uh, Hagrid is waving in uh, the French school because they're flying in, and uh, they almost take off his head. And, oh like, wow! Yeah. And like the the Hogwarts kids are watching, and they're just like, "Whoa, look at that!" Like they're not even like horrified, or I think they might even be laughing. Like I don't know. They're like, <laughs> oh. "Hagrid almost dies." <laughs> yeah,
0: that, that's pretty fucked up. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what else is pretty fucked up? Fucking 2017. Our freaking president. Remember when he tweeted, he tweeted, Kafifi, am I right? Am I right, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> <laughs> I like the Kafifi in chief, am I right? Commander <laughs> in God damn it.
0: <laughs> oh, please. Well, congratulations to Eric Jacoby for being the, the newest staff writer for Daily Coast. <laughs> I'm Andy Borowitz now. <laughs> Alright, so um what what really frustrated me about this movie is for one thing, it's like three hours long and it's, has it's such a fucking long movie. Oh my and it, god. It's and it literally two its, and a half hours. It cuts itself off from just about every possible climactic moment. Like it cuts out the actual uh uh, Wizard World Cup, it cuts out, like, all the dragon fights, it, it it cuts out anything that could be considered a climactic event, except for the big fight against Voldemort, and it spends no time actually building up that fight against Voldemort outside of Harry's dreams. Yeah, like, yeah. just the
1: big thing about it is that they don't really know which parts are cool. Like, yeah, they spend I... a lot of time on, like, Wizard Tournament, which I don't like, and, like, not enough time on
0: Voldemort being spooky. (laughs) And like they took like a thousand page book and said, oh fuck, we gotta fit this into three hours. So they just cut out a little bit of everything and you say they could have done more to build up Voldemort. I was just disappointed that the Triwizard tournament didn't work as well as it could have because like it's pretty easy to do like a tournament arc and they're not even doing like a 16 person tournament. They've got four people and like a tournament with four people, that's – even, especially in a three-hour movie, that's a lot of time you get to build up everybody, but they don't build up anybody. Like the French woman has no characterization. Uh, the Bulgarian guy, his main storyline is that he's dating Hermione. Yeah, yeah and is... they
2: focus too much on like all the
0: romantic and romantic comedy stuff. I, yeah. nobody is built up as like being a credible rival to Harry because we don't get to see them actually competing. Like, we don't get to see them fighting the dragons and like showing off their individual strengths. We barely get to see them in the lake thing. And like, the, the hedge maze is just a fucking mess.
1: That's fair. I mean, that being said, I don't really like tournaments. So I was like,
0: oh, awesome. They didn't, I don't have to see all of that. Like this, this, like, this has a lot, this has a lot of elements that could have been good. Like the whole, the whole Voldemort thing could have been really interesting if they'd played it up more than just being like there in the background in his dreams. The tournament could have been really cool. The romantic comedy stuff, I enjoyed it, but it could have been more climactic, but they just couldn't figure out what they wanted to keep and so they just had half of everything that is fair
2: although i gotta say i liked the uh the dance overall despite the uh the
0: yeah really yeah just for
2: nostalgic reasons it just reminded I... me of every single shitty middle school dance i went to yeah, that that
0: did evoke some like shitty middle, middle school <laughs> memories and, and 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 that's a plus in its favor because you know it's evoking like a real thing about school. And I I, yeah. I think that storyline worked the best out of any of them, but it still didn't work as well as it could have.
1: Yeah, not yeah. for me.
0: I purged those memories a long time ago.
1: They're completely- gone. <laughs> <laughs> like When it comes to middle school, like, I'm like Stalin. Like, I make that stuff like it never even happened. I I erase it completely away. Uh, I'm only a Stalinist when it comes to middle school. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a Posadist in all other
0: areas. (laughs) But, um, okay, so the visuals. Like... For, for everything that we didn't particularly care for in Prisoner of Azkaban, it at least had a lot of visual polish on its side. Mm-hmm. Like, Alfonso Caron brought his A-game in terms of, like, interesting shots and interesting use of CGI in a way that this just really doesn't. Like, all the CG just kind of looks shitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The dragon, unless maybe, I don't know. The dragon I- look
1: pretty nice.
2: Yeah, it looks it looked pretty real and I was I was I thought it was a real dragon.
1: Really, I was like, Whoa
2: <laughs> I was prepared
1: to be extremely critical
2: of it because I, I watch uh, Game of Thrones and those dragons look, you know, like like they're they're really there for the most part. Yeah, but, uh, yeah.
0: You can you know, you can lie. just open up a science book and look at a picture of a real dragon and be like, Oh yeah, that looks just like the ones on Game of Thrones. They're, they're really scientifically accurate to these dragons. Yeah, I don't
1: know. I open up my mind, and I know that dragons don't exist, so I can't relate to that whole thing personally. God damn it!
0: (laughs) I I decalcify my pineal gland, and I transport (laughs) to a dimension where dragons are real. Well, yeah. I don't know, but yeah, like this entire film is just sort of like dark and muddy in a way that Prisoner of Azkaban really wasn't. Like really, like you mentioned, you had to close your blinds to fucking <laughs> see anything. Yeah, I
1: wanna I wanna talk for a little bit about the Death Eaters, because first of all, Death Eater, dumb name. <laughs> Second of all, I I'm not particularly fond of the style they chose. It seemed a little bit insensitive to me. Right, right, yes, the sort of wizard clan because they were literally dressed like clansmen, but yeah, like in all black, in black instead of white. It's
0: terrible. Like, like it's I, so on the nose that I have to imagine.
1: Did we talk gre- about this earlier on the show or just in the pre-show description?
0: This might have been pre-show. in the pre-show.
1: That's what I was yeah. thinking. It's good because I can reuse my jokes.
0: But yeah, this, like what what is the death eater hierarchy like because all like the actual clansman names those are just things that exist in the Harry Potter universe. Yeah, they're called like grand wizard and like
1: <laughs> imperial <laughs> hippogriff and like Harry Potter and stuff. <laughs> I don't get what that would be. It's like it's like the, the leader of the Ku Klux wizard clan is like the imperial normal person. <laughs> the grand muggle. And that's... Or is there like a special type of wizard that's like the wizarding version of a wizard? You know what I mean. That got away from me. <laughs> the, the super grand wizard. Maybe they just call after stuff That's like in 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 the human world and
0: imperial
1: carpenter. (laughs) I was thinking they're just like yeah you know grand accountants. Oh man, I just
0: graduated to uh, majestic software engineer. Maybe they just (laughs) call them like president or
1: whatever. (laughs) But hey, you know who else has a clansman as a president? The United States of America, ladies and gentlemen, am I right? Uh. I don't know, I just, I really, I don't, I don't think it was, it just seems in poor taste to just make them literally Klansmen.
0: Folks, he's a grand wizard, and he is, and I mean very grand. Yeah, and
1: it's weird because the Death Eaters have like the skulls, but they're not even cool looking skulls. No.
0: Like, yeah. the Skull
1: and Snake, it's literally, like, genocidal Ed Hardy. Like, it's terrible. <laughs>
0: uh, and that that reminds me, there's a, a scene we haven't talked about in the middle of the movie where Harry Potter uh, goes into a flashback fountain.
1: Yeah, he, he oh, goes yeah. into uh,
0: the thing from Lord of the Rings,
1: uh, <laughs> the Mirror of Galadriel, but they stole it for this. Uh, And he witnesses the memory of uh, uh, them questioning a Death Eater. And they're going to be like, we're going to put you in Azkaban. He's like, no, don't. I'll totally spill. I'll narc on everybody. And they're like, we're listening. And then he's like, well, there's Snape. And they're like, we already know he's a Death Eater. But he said he's sorry, so now it's okay,
0: (laughs) idiot. And then
1: he's like, wait a minute. I have more what about this guy and like he's dead but it doesn't work like it worked in um, uh, uh what's that Mel Brooks movie uh, To Be or Not To Be like it doesn't work like that he, they're just like too bad he's dead you gotta keep talking and then he's like wait I also have uh, ooh I got a big one Barty Crouch and then Barty Crouch is like what that's me and then he's like <laughs> Junior. is like, whoa. And then Barty Crouch Jr. is just sort of trying to casually make his way out. And then he just makes a run for it. And then he's like, he's like, you know, oh, spare me, father. As a joke. Or not as a joke, but like it's like a thing. Sort of sarcastically, he's like, spare me, father. And then Barty Crouch is like, I have no son. And then Barty Crouch Jr. looks like he's going to say something cool. And then he just sort of licks his lips or whatever <laughs> in a weird sort of way. And I was like, wow, they sort of fucked up all the cool momentum they had going there. <laughs> that but that should be on... the
0: tagline of the movie. They fucked up all the cool momentum they had going <laughs> yeah. there. But then later
1: on, you know, right like seconds before Mad-Eye Moody turns back into, into fucking Barty Crouch, he does the lick his lips thing because this movie is Chekhov's gun. The movie, like I don't believe they had talked about port keys in earlier movies.
0: Yeah, like literally everything that is mentioned in this movie is is there so it can show up later. Yeah and he's like I know you raided
1: my spice rack you are looking for the breathe underwater spice but you're also taking polyjuice potion stuff and then later on they're like oh it was old man Barty Crouch Jr who was taking the polyjuice <laughs> potion
0: stuff I I have to say why why was why would they have to break into Snape's kitchen to make polyjuice potion you just take apple juice orange juice lemon juice <laughs> Put them in a cup. You've got poly juices. Cranberry juice. Uh, clam juice. Uh, oh, oh. shrimp juice. Shrimp cocktail juice. Hot dog juice. Chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored juice. Juice. <laughs> <laughs> I I I, got, I keep now. I'm just thinking about. Top that bacon. that fucking album name <laughs> Chocolate Starfish in the Hot Dog Flavored Water. <laughs> 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 oh, remember Lip Biscuit everybody? With the bar, the bang the bang that, <laughs> That's a different yeah. rap rock group. That is future Senator Kid Rock. <laughs> Uh, future senator and fellow Wrestlemania performer Kid Rock. I remember I remember in Limp Bizkit when they were like "De boom na 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 -na -na."
1: (laughs) (laughs) ima Oh man, that reminds
2: me just as a little little bit of a a detour here. Uh, The other day I was just like on YouTube watching different like Eric Andre skits and stuff and he was interviewed for some movie he was in Alongside the star of that movie. I wish I could remember what the movie was called. But he was interviewed by some local news station. And I guess the town that they're, uh, located in, uh, is the same town that most of the members of Corn are from. Oh. And so they, <laughs> they just started talking about Corn. And then Eric Andre and, like, the guy, he was what, they started doing, like, corn impressions, and they were just like, boom, to E! And they were just, like, going crazy, and <laughs> the, the newscaster had no idea what the fuck was going
0: on. <laughs> oh, that, that reminds me of one of my favorite uh, YouTube screenshots ever. It's a uh, guy with cornrows eats corn while listening to corn. <laughs> and it's my exactly what it sounds like. My favorite one is
1: it's in, like, you know uh you take a screenshot from bernie sanders eight hour filibuster for the bush tax cuts oh, but yes. you just change it so that it's like bernie sanders explains the end of twin peaks full eight and a half hours
0: oh but my favorite <laughs> one is uh the one where he's explaining the end of evangelion i knew it would yeah be.
1: <laughs> yeah i think that one's uh that
2: one might be the original one actually
0: Well, no, the original one is the one where he's explaining the Bush tax cuts because he didn't do an eight-hour (laughs) filibuster. The original meme. Oh, I mean, like, it's not unheard of because, like, fucking Ted Cruz read Dr. Seuss on the floor of the Senate. Bernie Sanders, full eight and a half hours.
1: (laughs) That's just it. (laughs) Bernie Sanders Yeah, all eight hours of Bernie Sanders, and that's all the Bernie Sanders there is.
0: (laughs) Bernie Sanders, all cutscenes, full movie.
2: (laughs) So uh Bernie
1: Sanders uh filibusters the Bush tax cuts, but every time he says millionaires, it's the B movie.
0: Oh, Oh, I I think this might be a good time to uh, move on to our Spall ratings. Oh, no, wait. Speaking of anime, I forgot to bring up my theory that Harry Potter is is just anime for people who are obsessed with British culture. Yes, I,
2: I have to agree.
0: Like, all the things are there. He's a chosen one. There's a tournament arc. There's a school. It's all there, folks. Yes, because
1: every anime takes place in a school. Many of them do. The only
0: anime I can think of right now is Dragon Ball Z. There's Naruto, which takes place in a school for ninjas. There's um, High School of the Dead, which takes place at a high school for (laughs) zombies. Oh, does it now? Actually, no, it takes place in a high school for living people. (laughs) <laughs> they
1: have the living people high school that specifically says high school for living people dead people don't come
0: in here the, the zombies are redlined into their own school district dead people don't read this living people hello <laughs> uh, the the OVA is called dead students society <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it, it's like it's like if you wanted to watch anime, but were too proud to uh, never, actually watch anime, no. so you had to watch an anime with smart people accents. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, let's move on to our small ratings. And let me make sure there was nothing else.
1: Uh, Wizarding Crime and Punishment is the goddamn Spanish Inquisition. Right. Yes. I just want to get to that point in there? It's really fucked up that they just had him in a cage
0: while they were questioning him.
1: Yeah. So that he ended yeah. Up
0: he was spilling the beans. There are a lot of like weird elements about wizard law enforcement that are just never actually questioned. Like yeah. in the last movie, they had these fucking Dementors go into the school and like they dropped a kid like t- thow- tens of feet. Up in the air, like all the way into a tree, and like, they didn't suffer any consequences. That is
1: fair. It's really, it's messed up the system that we have here.
0: I wonder if uh, there are prison abolitionists in Harry Potter world. Br- <laughs> I, apparently, there's a storyline in this book where uh, Hermione tries to start a society for the protection of house elves. But she's presented as, like, this wacko lib because the house elves actually like being slaves. So given that, I'm not sure I want to see what a Harry Potter prison abolition storyline would be like.
1: What the hell is wrong with J.K. Rowling? (laughs) Uh. I want to see one of those things that's like, yeah, I learned all this stuff from Harry Potter, but it's all the wrong lesson. Like, yeah, everything I need to know I learned from Harry Potter. Uh, some people are just born special, and you're never gonna be able to be as good as them, so it's okay if they wanna segregate themselves from you.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, some uh, people are born special. Some people are genetically, uh, uh, suited for slavery. The cops <laughs> should be able to do whatever they want to children. Yeah. All bankers are hooked nosed Jewish gnomes. Yeah. Like, seriously, it's fucked up that that's what the banking system in Wizarding World is. It's just the most anti-Semitic dog whistle outside of Nazi Germany. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's the thing about British people, is that they're as racist as Americans, but a lot of times they either don't realize it, or they just don't realize racism is bad.
0: I actually learned about the the sort of stuff with the goblins in Harry Potter because I tweeted a screenshot from the new uh, uh, Lord of the Rings Shadow of War game. Yeah, where there's a guy in the microtransaction store that's just literally like a a, a a Nazi caricature orc just rubbing his hands together in this microtransaction menu, and it's just so fucked up. Yeah. They absolutely.
2: they evidently changed the design for the official release, but yeah. Thank he was fucking that goodness.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Spall racings. Official position
1: of Spall Talk is that racism. No good folks.
0: Yeah, we are we are <laughs> against racism. Yes. Both in the fantasy world and the real world. Mm-hmm. No
2: excuses.
0: Yeah. So, our Spall ratings, uh, for the film itself, for Timothy Spall, and for Spall fashion. Cody, would you like to go first? Um, actually, alright, so could you briefly, (laughs) briefly explain what, what I'm supposed to do here? So, the Spall ratings are out of five Spalls, and you have one for the film itself, one for Mm. Timothy Spall's performance, and the Spall fashion, which is, uh, Timothy Spall's outfits. And before oh. each of
1: us gives our Spall ratings, I think we should probably just say sort of the criteria that we're kind of rating on and like what these measurements sort of mean. Like give, try to give an example of like a, like a five Spall, so like a one Spall, if you so choose. If okay. not, don't. Do whatever you want.
2: So I think a five Spall movie would be something like uh, There Will Be Blood. Is it that- just
1: like oil. If there's no oil in it,
2: <laughs> right? No oil. My uh, favorite lots, war. Lots of my,
1: my
0: favorite movie: the Iraq War. What? <laughs> 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 the Iraq War isn't about oil. I don't even like oil. Later, Later in, the, in, White in the White House. <laughs>
2: and and then uh, a one-spall movie would be. Uh, hmm. What did I watch not too long ago? That I, you know, I, I don't have any problems saying uh, a once ball movie would be the the new uh, Kingsman sequel.
0: That that was pretty bad. I have heard it's I, I've heard many bad things about that entire series.
2: Yeah, I still haven't seen the first one, but some friends of mine were going to watch the second one, and they invited me to go with them. I was like, what the hell?
0: So I did,
2: and I mean, there were there were some funny moments, but overall, it was, it was just really bad, just a waste of time. They completely
1: wasted Julianne Moore.
0: Ah, that's that's terrible to hear. Rest in peace,
1: Julianne Moore. (sighs) (laughs) Press X to try again, Julianne Moore. Press X to pray respects for Julianne Moore.
0: (laughs) All you had to do was follow the damn train, Julianne Moore.
2: (laughs) So, alright, so the movie overall... uh, Do I start with that, then? Yeah. Alright, so the movie overall... And like I said in the in the pre-show, uh, this movie kind of has a special place in my heart, as do all the rest of the Harry Potter movies, because I, I grew up with them. So it's hard for me to be objective. But I mean, after hearing uh, your your perspectives, uh, Eric and, and Neil, uh, I think I think I got to give it a, a lower rating than I, I would have otherwise and go with probably uh, two and a half spells.
0: Out of five,
1: well, I, Eric I is usually against
0: half spalls, but I'll <laughs> accept it.
1: I mean, I'll oh, I'll allow it. But watch <laughs> yourself, McCoy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, for Timothy Spall's performance, I mean, it's it's really hard to say since uh he he was barely in it. And it really wasn't that great, like what, what we saw. So, I don't know. Probably probably just two spalls. And then, uh, his costume, right? Is what? Yeah. Okay. Um, again, I mean, like Eric said, it was really dark. You, you can't really make out what exactly he's wearing, except like, I don't know, I guess it's like robes. Um, I don't know. Two spalls again.
1: All right. Pretty sure. Uh, for the movie as a whole, gonna say my example of a, of a five star movie is uh, the Fall is a five star movie to me. Hot Fuzz is also a five star movie. Uh, it's you know I like a movie that's uh, cinematically and like from a directorial sense, well made, well crafted, but also emotionally uh, touching and good and uh if i say this movie did not do it for me um i'm going to give it two spalls, i would say because it's not bad enough. essentially a five spa movie is a great movie and then like it's good a three star a three star is mediocre and then a one star movie is complete garbage what so would your
0: seems, example of a one spa movie be
1: i tried to think and there's not a lot of uh,
0: uh oh uh, um Alice in Wonderland
1: like that's garbage just going on movies that we've already seen just movies that I you know the thought of watching them again physically hurts me um Hellraiser Revelation um Hellraiser is a f- uh, four or five spa movie definitely but Hellraiser Revelation one spa. like yeah so there's that I'd give it two st- I give this movie two spalls. um and let's see Spall uh, himself, for some of these, it's really hard to rate just because of, like, the fact that he's hardly in them. So this movie, uh, I don't know, three Spalls, he didn't do bad. He had two words of dialogue, but they were good, so I don't know.
0: Well, I mean, he he had that whole uh, bone of the father unwillingly taken. He had that whole spiel. But that was, like, oh, yeah. his longest thing. I forgot about that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Three spalls, I guess. And then, for spall fashion, the whole aesthetic of Harry Potter is something that I am not a fan of. So, I can't, in good conscience, give him, you know, more than, like,
0: two spalls. Alright. Um. So, my criteria is a bit like yours, Eric, except I don't necessarily put technical craft on the same level as the emotional experience like a movie can be sort of badly put together from some aspects but if it does still deliver an emotional punch it can really work for me
1: that is fair i mean more in terms of like pacing and writing quality like it doesn't have to be you know it can be rough around the edges you can even, like, see a boom mic in a shot, and I might still consider it as a 5 spa movie,
0: depending on... And, like, so for an example of a 5 spa movie would be F for fake. Like, a lot of the camera footage is not, like, super high quality, but, like, the the, the energy with which it's put together and just the charisma of Orson Welles as a host is just... It's a lot. And, um... For a one fall movie, I'm gonna give the example of the worst film I've ever seen, even worse than an American Carol. Even oh, worse, I was, was gonna ask if I could guess and then guess an American Carol. Even worse than Ben Stein's creationist documentary, which I saw in the theater. Expelled. Yes, no intelligence allowed.
1: Uh, well, that's really this... their
0: motto making the movie. <laughs> am I right? I oh. But this is Immortal Ad Vitam, directed by Enki Bilal, adapting a comic by Enki Bilal. And if you've ever seen Sin City, you know the sort of uh, digital backlot style that was in vogue in the mid-2000s where they just had a green screen, and they would just put everything other than the actors in in post? Yeah. There are, like, five human actors in this movie— Everybody Else is a CG creation. Uh, it's partially made by the studio that created uh, Omicron, the Nomad Soul. Uh, I see Orson Welles played in the Transformers. One, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they also created uh, Indigo Prophecy slash Fahrenheit. I don't remember which one of those is the uh, U.S. name and uh, Heavy Rain. And like those David Cage games are what they're really known for. And they, they put in some fucking sub-final fantasy, the spirits within CG in this sucker. (laughs) And like, heavy rain. (laughs) And like the CG is goofy and dumb, which wouldn't be that much of a problem, except the story is incomprehensible. Like, it's pretentious. They'll have, like, big quotes from, like, Baudelaire dropped in for really no reason. And the one one, thing... Violent Klaus or Sonny? (laughs) (laughs) And the only thing that is comprehensible about the plot is that the Egyptian god Horus uh, has to possess somebody's body he's actually referred to as the egyptian demigod Horus, but the egyptian pantheon doesn't really have demigods so i don't know what's going on there he has to possess this uh this prisoner who like he 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 makes him a new leg because like the prisoner falls out of this uh ice prison this like cryogenic storage uh thing and his leg gets completely shattered like, it's yeah, it's he, frozen, and then it's, like, shattered. And so the Egyptian demigod Horus makes him a metal leg that's so heavy, he can only lift it when Horus is possessing his body. And, like, the reason Horus wants to present uh, this guy's body—his name is Alex Nikopol, by the way— is so, like, he, he wants to possess this guy's body and impregnate this fish woman— so she can give birth to some sort of god baby for three question marks? It's I gotta just, say, this is some anime sounding ass shit. It is in a bad way. It's just gross. It's like, it's like if Blade Runner, like, had even grosser sexual politics and didn't even bother to look good. It's just a bad time all around. But, uh, so, but yeah, yeah. So for this movie, like, I gave Prisoner of Azkaban a three. This, this is more entertaining sometime. This, this has higher highs, but on the whole, it has lower lows and it just fails to do much with a lot of the potential that it has. So I'm gonna give it a two. Uh, Timothy Spall himself, he is not as bad as he was in the first one, but He's still not got a whole lot of screen time or much to do, but I, I think he does pretty well with the the whole uh, ritual thing to bring back Voldemort, so I'm going to give him a three out of five, and for Spall fashion, his outfit, completely trash, one. That's solid, that's solid. I can agree with that, more or less. And so with that, let's move on to our recommendations. I'm Cody. astonished
1: that you rated this movie so low when you gave fucking Moulin Rouge four stars.
0: I you know what, I I don't wanna get into this argument, but yeah. I, I think I think you're holding a grudge against Mulan Rouge that's more based on your memory of it than than the actual quality. I don't I I there's no way that Mulan Rouge is a fucking four star movie. It's
1: disjointed, large parts of it are nearly unwatchable because of how fucking cringeworthy any of the comedic bits are. There's whole threads that go completely dropped, it's just not good. But anyway, continue.
0: Let's move on (laughs) to our recommendations. Cody, as our guest, would you like to go first? Sure. Uh, My first
2: recommendation, uh, listen, if you've got a sense of humor... Uh, I think, I think you'll like it, or if you're anything like me, and I know most people are exactly like me, uh, I, I have to recommend, uh, Neo Yokio, which is, uh, a relatively new Netflix original anime, uh, created by, uh, Ezra, shit, what's his last name? Ezra one of the two Yeah, he's from Vampire Weekend, uh, and it stars, uh jaden smith as the main character it's about these demon hunters who are obsessed with like aesthetics and fashion and jaden smith's character big
0: toblerones
2: (laughs) yeah yeah i can't forget the big toblerones jaden smith's character uh is very melodramatic and and it's just, I don't know, it's it's the perfect mix of things, and, I don't know, I absolutely love it. It's only ten episodes, I mean, seriously, uh, check it out.
0: I, I thought then, it was like
2: six episodes. Is it? It might be six episodes, all I know is... I, yeah, because I, so no, okay. I, I got through the
0: entire thing in one night. I got through yeah. the entire thing in one night, like, watching... I'm pretty sure watching all the episodes of Neo-Yokio is about the same length as Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire.
2: Yeah, it might be, and watching Neo-Yokio instead would be uh, a better use of your time, for sure.
0: Yeah, if you're um, if you're uh, a big fan of, like, mid-2000s Adult Swim cartoons, like, say, uh, Perfect Hair Forever or Xavier Renegade Angel, then I think the sense of humor of Neo-Yokio would be up your alley. For sure. And if you like,
1: I'm notedly anti anime, but I will agree that watching probably anything else would be better than watching this movie as a waste of your time. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, the animation style also is uh, very
2: similar to that of uh, The Boondocks, which was also on Adult Swim.
0: Oh, yeah! I hadn't realized that, but as soon as you said it, it kind of clicked for me. Yeah. Like and then the boondocks. the boondocks is my favorite anime. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very good choice. Uh, I, my, my,
0: oh, I, go I think ahead. what's really great about Neo Yokyo is just how 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 much it uses its voice cast to deliver like really goofy lines of dialogue and just read them like not in a tongue-in-cheek way, just like deliver them straight and have the goofiness of the lines stand on their own. Like if yeah. the line I had a dream that a Toblerone was in trouble and that Toblerone was you if, if that's a line that stands out to you then Neo or Yokio like, might uh, be your thing I'd recognize that shitty voice anywhere <laughs> <laughs> yes oh my god Jason Schwartzman plays uh, uh, Jaden Smith's rival and he is just such a shit-eating little turd he's, he's, it's amazing it really is <laughs> Jason Schwartzman is maybe my favorite actor and he's very
2: good in Neo Yokio. Just like, uh.
0: it's sort of the same, but he gets to do it way
2: more as, uh, when he was in, um, Scott Pilgrim. It's a similar character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my, uh, my second recommendation is Raw. Uh, it came out sometime in 2016. It's a French Belgian movie and it's about, uh, sort of about like the, the awkwardness and just, like, feeling out of place that comes along with, uh, you know, going off to college, and uh, it's about this girl who ends up as part of, you know, this uh, freshman ritual that everyone has to go through, uh, discovering that she likes to eat human flesh, and then she finds out that her sister also likes to eat human flesh, and her Sir kinda of takes her under her wing and tries to, you know, teach her the rules of cannibalism sort of. <laughs> and things of course go awry and shit goes down. But yeah, it's it's very good. Um I I had a good time, some psychological horror, a lot of body horror.
1: Um yeah. Alright. My recommendations, first of all, Uh, there's a scene that we didn't mention very much, but it's, uh, the scene when Voldemort sort of takes form and it's kind of gross and gooey. Um, and it reminded me of a much weightier and more terrifying scene in the movie Hellraiser. So that's what I am going to suggest. Uh, it's a good, since Halloween is coming up, it's a good Halloween favorite. Um, you know, there's – of all the horror movies I've seen, Hellraiser is probably the one that has the most genuinely unsettling moments in it. Uh It's really good. I cannot recommend it enough. Check out the film, Hellraiser. Um, I figured I would think of a second recommendation
0: while we were talking, but I didn't, so I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what about, uh, Hellraiser 7, Deader? (laughs) (laughs) Hellraiser 7, Deader's
1: also, like, a really good one. It seems like it'd be shitty, but it's solidly second or
0: third best, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Alright, so, for my first recommendation, I'm gonna, I'm gonna recommend a book. Well, a series of books, uh, the the Gormenghast novels by Mervyn Peake, and they're, uh... They've been referred to as fantasy, but other than taking place in a castle, they don't really have all that many uh, fantasy elements. It's um kind of imagine if Game of Thrones revolved around just a bunch of, like, reclusive family members who all hate each other. <laughs> and what I really love about uh, this book is at this series of books. The first one is Titus Groan. The second is Gormenghast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third Titus alone. I haven't gotten around reading yet because, uh, they're long books. Uh, they're all sold in one big edition. That's like a thousand pages long, but you might, mu- you should be able to get it used for like a decent price. And like, what I really love about it is that Mervyn Peak has this way of describing things in a very weird, over-the-top way. Uh, just Just listen to this from the first novel. Nothing, however, seemed to be able to keep the mercury out of Dr. Prune's squalor, and after looking quickly from face to face, he examined his fingernails one by one with a ridiculous interest, and then, turning suddenly from his task as he completed the scrutiny of the tenth nail, he skipped to the window, a performance grotesquely incongruous in one of his years, and leaning in an over-elegant posture against the window frame, he made that peculiar, peculiarly effeminate gesture of the left hand that he was so fond of, the placing of the tips of thumb and index finger together and thus forming an O while the remaining three fingers were strained back and curls into letter C's of dwindling sizes that's the way he describes somebody doing the okay sign and like all the descriptions have the same sort of bombastic alienation to them they're just describing what are presumably normal people but in a a strange grotesque way and I, I just love that
2: I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just remembered uh, a part from Goblet of Fire that I wanted to mention, which is uh, when uh, they're at the dance, Hermione, Ron, and uh, Harry, and Hermione is trying to explain the meaning of the, the Triwizard Tournament, and she says such a such a funny line. She says, uh, it's about uh, international magical friendship. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Turns out the real Goblet of Fire was the friends we made along the way. (laughs) Oh, man, we didn't actually bring up uh, Gandalf's uh, eulogy for Cedric Diggory, but that's basically what he's talking about. Like, the real Goblet of Fire was the friends they made along the way. You're going to have to keep those friends close, because Voldemort is back, baby. there Uh,
1: There was one scene that I thought was extremely dumb, which is when... Baltimore was like my curse couldn't kill you when you were young. You were protected by love. And I was
0: like, <laughs> okay. I, I just love I just love the way Ray Fine delivers all his lines because he's not letting the the makeup do the acting for him. He is he is putting a lot into these lines and just going over the top with them. Yeah, he's certainly a highlight for sure. Yeah, and, uh, so my second recommendation is going to be the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie Bloodsport, because it does the whole tournament structure far more effectively than, uh, Goblet of Fire does. Like, it actually builds a rival, it lets you see that rival in action, so you know what kind of threat he's going to be. It, it's just, it's just a really dope movie.
2: Yeah, I haven't seen it in years, but I have very fond memories of it and yeah, I I also I back up Neil's recommendation. It's very good.
0: Alright, so now that we've got our recommendations done, let's get to our plugs. Uh Cody, where can we find you on the internet?
2: Uh well, the easiest way to find me, I would say, is on Twitter at uh Cody Tendershot. Um yeah, if you see uh the the screen name, little bitch and me doing some weird
0: hand gesture. that That's me. All right. And that's all I've got. Eric, where can we find you on the internet? Listen, y'all, you can check me out at, on
1: the Twitter at Eric is a joke. I'm on Facebook as Eric Jacoby. Uh, you can also check out Funk house Berlin consistently the highest rated political talk program in the history of the spoken word, uh, Live every Saturday night at midnight on Black Square Radio. You can check out our website, funkhouse.stream, um, or check us out on Twitter, at Berlin. Our new episode is going to be uploaded onto our band camp uh, within the next few days, and it's a good one.
0: It is the the big Kent State expose on Diaper Ghazi Yes, I established a
1: direct line of communications with the diaper guy. I talked about this stuff that he was that he had texted me on the air and then i got more texts from him while we were on the air that were like hey i'm trying to call in (laughs) to set this
0: straight hey uh cody have you heard about the sniper (laughs) gazi Yes, I have.
1: (laughs) The the tendrils of TPUSA's diapers just stretch. (laughs) Essentially, it's like when you're changing a baby's diaper and it somehow got poop all the way up to its (laughs) neck. That's what Turning Point USA did, but with the nation.
0: (laughs) I have to say, I have to say, more like PPUSA. Ooh, oh, Mm -hmm. lit them up. (laughs) They're not going to come back from that anytime soon. Nope. Uh, you can find me online at fucking Alpmare at F-U-C-K-I-N-A-L-P-A-M-A-R-E. I've changed my display name again, so I'm no longer Harry Wholehorse. I'm Space Flannel 5 in time for fall. Uh, you can also find as my pinned tweet, my short story collection, uh, Mark My Words, I Might Be Something Someday. I literally don't know if anyone has read it.
2: I've read it. Oh. <laughs> But that's also because I think you sent it to me
0: before you uh, published it. I, I sent and... you one of the many revisions I had. Right, revisionist. Weren't, <laughs> uh, yeah, weren't most of the stories from the fiction class too? Uh, yeah, yeah, but I added some other ones in. Right. But yeah, you can you can you can get that for free or download it or or, or pay money for it. I you can download it for free or pay money for it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you could get it for free without downloading it, but uh anyway, that's all for that that's all for this time around. Spa is life uh, that's that, 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 that spa folks.